1: sharing ideas about money.
0: This is Share Radio.
2: Welcome to a special episode, the investment part of the Managing My Money course. What's the difference between savings and investment? It's all in the risk. We talk about shares, bonds and funds, and which perform best over the long term.
0: What are we doing here? Just
2: keep walking, Annie.
0: Why have you taken us to an eerie forest in the middle of the night? What
1: was that? Nothing, Annie. It was just the sound of your own fear. I've brought you here to confront the terrors that haunt you. I need you to face your worst fear. But
0: I don't want to face my worst fear. You must,
1: Annie. Speak its name. No,
2: I can't. You can. Say it. In... That's it. In fear... Yes, Annie, keep
0: going. In Yes, Annie, you've done it! Investment, investment, investment. When I say it out loud, it doesn't sound so scary after all.
1: That's right, Annie, there's nothing to be afraid of. Let's take a scenic walk, you and I, through the valley of investment. I'll be right there with you every step of the way. Cue reassuringly upbeat intro music. (laughs) Welcome to episode 10 of Managing My Money. So far in this series of radio programmes that doubles as an open university course, we have played it safe, safe, safe.
0: Safe as houses.
1: Yep. Tell that to anyone who's been caught up in a property crash, Annie. We've actually been safer than houses. Yes, we've been all about the saving and the watching of the pennies.
0: Caution is our watchword.
1: But saving isn't always as safe as it appears to be. Remember
0: how we Mm. talked about what inflation can do to your savings? Yeah, so regardless of an amazing interest rate in your savings, if inflation bites and goes up, you've had it.
1: Yep, if inflation's higher than your interest, then your savings are being eaten away. Uh Uh-uh. So even though people think that saving is a bit like this... ..and investment is like this... ..in fact, if you do it right, investment can be like this.
0: And when inflation's high, saving can be like this...
1: That's right, Annie. We're taking all your preconceptions and turning them on their head. We're flipping them.
0: We're flip flippity-flop-flipping them all the way to flip-flop town. That's right.
1: So, first of all, what do we mean by investment? What would you say counts as a financial investment?
0: Uh, Shares.
1: Yep, shares, bonds, investment funds, which Mm. are sometimes given names like unit trusts and investment trusts.
0: Well, I've always been a bit scared of investments because I don't really know much about them and I only hear about them in the news when they crash or there's some big massive scandal or other.
1: Yeah, the news puts a lot of people off investing because, of course, they only report the big bad news stories. You never hear any news stories saying middle-aged woman achieves decent growth in capital gain (laughs) and interest in her account.
0: No, you you don't. You hear about things like Michael Douglas and, and Wall Street and crashing and devastation.
1: And investment does, of course, involve risk. There's no getting away from that. But generally speaking, the more risk you're prepared to take... The larger the potential reward. That's why it's called reward in the first place, because you're literally being rewarded for taking some risk with your money. And there's potential capital gain too. Oh, yes. You remember when we were discussing loans, we talked about the principal or capital? Yes. That was the amount of the original loan. Mm -hmm. Well, when we're talking about investments, it's the same language. So the money you invest is the principal or the capital. And if things go well, you get a stream of income in the form of interest and dividends. Plus, your capital might grow in the long term. And if things don't go so well, it might shrink in the long term.
0: OK, so you can get interest then, like with savings, but your capital might grow too. And you mentioned dividends as well. How do they work again?
1: Well, when you invest in a company by buying shares or an investment fund or something like that, then you sometimes get paid a little bit of the company's profits a couple of times a year. Nice. Yeah, nice work if you can get it. And that is the dividend.
0: Dividend. I like that word.
1: Mortgages, ISAs, oh, so very nice,
2: managing my money.
0: ISAs, very, very nice, So, does this mean we're going to talk about ISAs then, Glenn? They're to do with investments, aren't they?
1: Indeed, they are, Annie. Indeed, they are. Unless they're about saving, which sometimes they are too. But they're such an important topic, they deserve their very own special section later in the course.
0: Special. okay. So
1: let's first of all, though, start with some basics. What is a share? Are you asking me? Uh, Yes.
0: Okay, It's a stock.
1: So what's a stock?
0: It's a share.
1: I can't really argue with that logic. People do talk about stocks and shares all the Mm. time. Stocks and shares. But while the words once meant slightly different things, now they're basically the same. They mean owning a chunk of a company. So when people talk about stocks and shares, they're basically just saying some shares.
0: So then shouldn't we call them stairs or shocks?
1: I like that.
0: Uh Uh-huh. Whatever
1: floats your financial boat. Exactly.
0: Splice them together. All right. So what about equities? That's another fancy word I've heard. It's yet
1: another word for exactly the same thing. Are you serious? Stocks, shares, equities, no difference. When you buy some shares in a company, you're basically saying, I want to own part of this company, usually a very small part, unless you're particularly rich, and each share represents a tiny proportion of that company. So let's say I want a piece of you. You want a piece of me? Yeah, I want a piece of you. How much are the shares in Annie Limited?
0: OK, well, I've got 10,000 shares and each one costs £10. £10.
1: Okay, so that means the total worth of Annie Limited, often called the market capitalisation or market cap for short, is ten pounds per share times ten thousand shares. So your company is worth a hundred thousand pounds.
0: Yeah, so how big a piece of me are we looking at then?
1: Well, I've got £1,000 to invest, so at £10 each, I can afford 100 shares in Annie Limited, and that means I'd own 1% of Annie Limited.
0: Lucky you. So how do I pay you your dividends? Because they're worrying me.
1: Well, Annie Limited will do its thing and earn money. What does Annie <laughs> Limited actually do in this uh, scenario?
0: Oh, right. Um, I'm actually, I'm just, I'm writing the brochure at the moment. There you go. Let's
1: have a look. Annie Limited is an innovative startup up venture aimed at the packaging and logistics market. We harness natural elements and utilise them to expedite safe deliveries. What does that mean, then?
0: Right, so you know those bubbles you get in bubble wrap? Well, I sell the air that goes into those bubbles. Genius, huh?
1: Okay, Well, twice a year, you count up all your profits and you decide how much of it to reinvest in growing your business. And then what's left over, you decide to distribute to the shareholders in dividends. And once you've got a dividend figure, you send 1% of that dividend money to me because I own 1% of Annie Limited.
0: Okay, so if I'm saying my shares are £10 each, how can they vary in price like they do on the stock market?
1: Well, that starts happening when you float your company on the stock market. Let's say you need to raise £50,000 to help expand your business. Now, you estimated your company's worth £100,000, right? And you want 50000 Yeah. You can either try and borrow that money from the bank or you can sell half of your company to raise that 50000
0: A bit like they do on Dragon's Den. Yeah, exactly. I'll give you £50,000 for half of your pathetic little company. That was Duncan. Yeah, I, was <laughs> I
1: was guessing it wasn't Peter Jones. <laughs> I know. So you could sell it privately to some rich capitalists or you could float your company on the stock market.
0: Oh man, so how do I go about doing that? It's not so
1: difficult. Oh, it's not difficult. You just set the price per share. You said £10 each, right? Then you tell the big banks and the general public about it and see if they're willing to buy your shares. And if you've set the price about right, then they'll say, okay, and you sell those shares, you get the money. Your company will then change its name to Annie PLC, which means public limited company, and the shares there then float on the stock market. And this is where it gets interesting, because at that point, people can start selling them on second hand. The stock market is basically a second hand market, like an eBay for shares.
0: Oh, wow, Okay.
1: Yeah, people can buy and sell those shares freely at whatever price that they all decide is fair. And the price goes up and down, depending on whether people think your company is worth more or less than it used to be.
0: Well, that all sounds like a pretty easy way for Annie PLC to get some cash in.
1: Well, it can be, but obviously you're selling off half your company, which means you're also selling the rights to half of your future profits. Oh, yeah. Now, do you know who's uh, been buying up lots of your shares? No, who? The pennies,
0: that's who. Oh, no, why do I get the feeling this is not going to end well? <laughs> Wants to be a millionaire, I do. Oh, hello, dear. I'm, I'm back from the shops now. We're going to have iguana escalops tonight.
2: Iguana Escalops? You've got to be joking. What were you thinking, Carol? Oh, I'm sorry, dear. I thought you'd like them. You know me Tommy. can only tolerate gecko escalops or... Babs chameleon at a stretch, but iguana? If it's not pickled or in a curry, I'm not interested, Well,
0: you're getting awfully picky lately, Arthur. I suppose you're still feeling smug about your windfall from those shares in Annie PLC.
2: Well, a gain of 200% in two weeks is hardly to be sniffed at, Carol. And you said it was a mistake to put all of our life savings into this high-risk, unproven Mm. venture. Well,
0: so how are the shares doing today, then?
2: Uh, Well, I'm just checking now. Hang on, this can't be right.
0: What is it, Arthur? Shove over. Oh, no. Annie PLC's gone bankrupt. The company's finished. Well, how can that be? They were doing so well. Well, it says here that the bubble wrap factories worked out that they didn't need to buy air for their bubbles from Annie PLC anymore. So
2: where are they getting their air from now?
0: From the air, it says here. That they're just taking their air out of the air.
2: Has Annie PLC got some kind of patent or copyright over the air or something? Oh. I really don't think people should just be getting their air for free like that. It doesn't seem right.
0: No, it doesn't seem right, does it Arthur I'm not sure we should let you have your air for free either Perhaps we should deprive you of your air w-
2: What he doing Carol Get away from oh, me no,
0: But Arthur we can't have you enjoying all that lovely air For free now can we no, just come Carol, Carol, here Carol
2: stop it I'm getting out of here
0: Now there's an idea A business that helps wives charge their husbands For the air they breathe <laughs> I'll call it Carol PLC Oh dear so Annie plc's gone bust
1: yeah sorry about that i thought you were onto a winner but you never can tell
0: mm, okay well say i wanted to buy some shares in sainsbury's or bp or some other big company how on earth would i go about doing that
1: right well you basically contact a stockbroker and set up an account and that's very easy to do online these days most of the big banks have their own broking arm
0: broken bro- broken arm That doesn't
1: sound good. (laughs) No, Annie. Broken arm, not Um, broken arm. You. Well, as well as the banks, there are lots of independent firms who are doing the same thing too. Most of them charge similar prices for you just buying some shares online. You'll hear it referred to as placing a trade. Mm. You know that phrase? Yeah. It's yeah, a buy or sell some shares and it usually costs between 10 and £15 pounds per trade.
0: And does it matter how many shares I buy in one go? Not
1: usually. So if you only want to buy £100 pounds worth of shares, you'll still be paying the £10. Pounds. So that's 10% commission or more. Whereas if you bought £1,000 worth, the £10 pound commission is only 1% of your purchase. So Ah. it's really not very economical to buy small amounts of shares at a time.
0: So who takes the commission from this then?
1: The stockbroker takes that and for most shares you'll also have to pay half a percent in stamp duty to the government.
0: Ooh, I was wondering when the tax woman would turn up again.
1: Yep, she's got to get hers. Yeah. But they recently changed the tax so that you don't have to pay it when you buy shares in many smaller companies to try and encourage you to support mm. growing businesses. And also, you only pay it when you buy some shares, not when you sell them.
0: OK, so you have given me the lowdown on how to buy shares. The next question then, what to buy? Aren't shares a risky proposition?
1: Well, they can be. I, like most seasoned investors, learned the hard way.
0: Hang on, I can feel a song coming on here.
1: Don't sound so enthusiastic.
0: just play it
2: when i was just a little boy
0: dad actually said yep he said que sera sera
1: I may be paraphrasing slightly to be honest I can't remember his exact words Mm. they may or may not have been in Spanish
0: is your dad from Spain
1: no, it's from Edgeware. Oh. But his point was that you can spend all your time consoling yourself with the idea that you're buying a tried and trusted brand, mm. saying, oh, I've got a solid, reliable investment. But ultimately, any individual share is always going to be a real gamble. Let's say you decided to buy Tesco shares in 2007 for just shy of £5 per share. Which is just off the top of your head, does that sound like a good investment or a relatively safe share to buy?
0: Well, yeah, Tesco's is massive. Or you think your, your money was safe with them, right? So you
1: would think can't mm. go wrong eh? bumper profits every year can't go wrong
0: I'm about to go wrong though
1: they went wrong
0: really in
1: late 2014 you would have been able to sell your £5 shares on the stock market for about pound sixty-five each
0: shut the front door
1: I kid you not. What? Every share is a gamble. And anyone who tells you otherwise is having a giraffe probably at your expense.
0: But I thought you said investment wasn't too risky in the long run.
1: It's not that risky if you do it right by spreading your money over lots of different investments and you're prepared to be in it for the long haul. We'll get on to how to do that in a moment. But first, assuming you're still keen to buy some individual company shares, even after that little song, uh, you need to think (laughs) about which shares are more likely to be reliable, making comfortable profits, providing you a nice dividend.
0: Well, despite your Tesco story, I'm still guessing that big companies are generally more reliable than small ones.
1: Fairly often, yes, their shares do tend to go up and down less violently. But as we saw with Tesco's, even giant company shares can have a pretty scary time. Companies that are regulated by the government tend to be less risky. Mm-hmm. Utilities like gas and electricity companies, water companies, train companies.
0: So the more riskier companies would actually be the ones where their profits can quickly disappear?
1: Yeah, biotechnology firms, for example, uh, tend to be quite small. Companies making the latest trendy gadget, which may or may not stay in fashion. Mm. Any company that can easily be replaced by a new firm that does something similar to them or something better than them. Also, small mining companies are notorious for their crazy share (laughs) price movements because people buy those shares hoping they'll strike gold or whatever. And doesn't that often happen? Shares can plummet overnight. So it all depends on how you feel about risk. You remember what we were talking about at the beginning of the course? Are you a risk taker or are you risk averse? How much risk can you handle?
0: Me, if I'm honest, not a lot.
1: And you probably want to avoid those little minors. I
0: will.
1: Managing my money, 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 my money. Bonds are a way for ordinary people to lend money to companies or governments.
0: Ding, de, ding, ding.
1: Typically, the bond will be sold by the company at a particular price with a promise to pay a certain percentage of that price as interest every year all the way up until what they call the maturity date which might be only a year away or it can be decades away and that's when they pay the lender back the face value of the bond. Now, when the British government issues debt in this way the bonds are called gilts.
0: Oh, there's so much to take in but in my pigeon. Like brain, so this is a lot like a normal loan then. So you're lending a government or a company some money, they pay you regular interest and then they pay back the original loan eventually.
1: Exactly, yeah. And they're not generally considered as risky as shares either because unless the company or the government goes bust, you'll probably get back your money when the bond matures. The British government, for example, is extremely unlikely to default, as they call it. It means refuse to give you your money back. However, having said that, it's still riskier than just putting your money in a savings account.
0: So as we're talking about bonds, what kind of a bond is a premium bond then? Because I hear about premium bonds a lot.
1: This is where things get a bit ridiculous because in the crazy world of savings and investment, there are all kinds of things that are called bonds but aren't actually bonds. (gasps) So a premium bond isn't a real bond because premium bonds are just basically an incredibly popular savings account. More than 20 million people in the UK use them. You put your money in, but instead of giving you regular interest on your savings... They just hold a lottery each month to decide who gets a share of the interest and some people win thousands.
0: And a lot of people get nothing, although my parents love a bit of premium bonding. If ever I ever speak to my mum though. on the phone, the first thing she'll say before, hey, how are you, is we got 50 quid on the premium bonds. <laughs>
1: and It's like, <laughs> well yes, done, mum. that's effectively your regular interest rate <laughs> yeah. that you're getting there. So anytime you see anything that's advertised as a bond, be very sceptical and read the small print.
0: Oh my goodness, this whole investing business is feeling a bit like a minefield it's making my head hurt
1: do not fear because that is why they invented funds investment funds they're advertised as the safer way to invest your money in the stock market and other financial markets not always safer but a lot of the time they are and that's because you're handing your money over to an expert a fund manager
0: Do you pay for that privilege, though?
1: Oh, yes. There are always the charges. There's always a catch. But what they do is they try and diversify your money. So even if you're only investing a very small amount of money, it will go into the fund manager's enormous pot, often comprising billions of pounds of other people's invested money. And then they just spread it across a whole load of different investments, lots of different shares, lots of bonds, gilts, all kinds of things. So... It takes away some of the risk because the chances of all this stuff crashing terribly all at the same time is somewhat lower than the chance of just one share. If you put all your money in just one share instead, you know, that's a big risk. Because what if that just goes out of business? Then you lose everything. Whereas if you invest across a whole lot of different things, you've got less chance of losing a big chunk of your money in one go.
0: So really, you put your trust in them to make the most of your money. Exactly.
2: You gotta fund with me. You gotta fund with me. Buying your own shares is a risky game. When you lose all your cash, it's a doggone shame. If you let me lose it instead, at least you'll have me to blame. Boy, you gotta fund with me. You gotta fund with me.
0: investment funds pretty much the same then.
1: No, they vary enormously. There are so many different kinds. And that's where you've got to make your choice. Do you want a fund that just invests in the British stock market? Or do you want one that invests all over the world? Oh wow! Things like that. You can have so many different types. And there are ones where you can actually buy them like you do shares directly through the stock market. They're called things like exchange traded funds or investment trusts where you buy shares in the fund. Or you can go directly to a stockbroker and say, can you buy me something that is not available? on the stock market like a unit trust for example that's one type of fund that you would have to go directly to a broker to buy and also interestingly over the long term if you are prepared to tolerate the ups and downs Mm. history shows that shares provide much better returns in the long term than either savings accounts or bonds really shares are the best financial instrument in the long term but they have a lot of ups and downs along the way
0: when you say long term, how long are we talking about?
1: Well, most of your life will be good. Oh, Christ! <laughs> At least five years, they generally say. At really? least five years, yeah. Now, one thing that we need to mention quickly is the tax treatment of the money that you make in shares and investment funds and that kind of thing. The government changes the rules quite often on this kind of thing, but generally there'll be some kind of tax to pay, particularly if you're a higher-rate taxpayer, on dividends, on interest, on capital gains. But ISAs are fantastic for sheltering your money from the tax woman, a tax-free shelter, and as I said, we'll get onto to them in a later episode in quite a big way because ISAs are a very big and important topic.
0: So a bit like a force field against tax...
1: Oh <laughs> yes,
0: <laughs> that's
1: brilliant! Like Thanks. some kind of Jedi mind trick. I was exactly thinking to push thinking the, yeah. the tax woman man Stay away.
0: Stay back, get away. So, just to sum
1: up, then normally I get you to do the summing up, but I am going to do sum up with a little analogy. Fine,
0: go for it. That came
1: from a very wise man that I know. When you are crossing a road, do you go to the crossing or do you just cross anywhere willy nilly?
0: It depends how far the crossing is away from me.
1: Well, the sensible thing to do. Is to go to the crossing, even if it takes a bit of extra time. Because if you cross anywhere, you could be taking your life into your own hands just to save a few seconds. This is true. And likewise, if you go for risky investments, buying crazy shares in mining companies and that kind of thing, because you simply don't have the patience to go the long way round to riches, then you could lose everything.
0: Got it. Quick fix solutions.
1: Exactly. The idea is to get rich slow.
0: Rich, slow, rich, rich, slow.
1: That's right.
0: (laughs) I know a dance about that. Well, that's the
1: end of the investment episode.
0: Whoa, I have so much to look up now. I'm excited.
1: You have got a great investing future ahead of you, I think, Annie. Thank you very much. I can see it in your eyes. (laughs) about money this is share
0: radio